Welcome to Math Mutation, a podcast where we discuss fun, interesting, or just plain weird corners of mathematics that you would not have heard in school. Recording from Hillsboro, Oregon, this is Eric Seligman, your host. And now, on to the math. Math Mutation 145, Why Johnny Couldn't Add. It's school board election season again here in Oregon, and while I'm not running this time, it got me thinking about educational issues. In particular, one topic I've been meaning to cover for a while is new math. Those of you old enough to have learned elementary school math in the late 60s or early 70s, or a little younger but geeky enough like me to have browsed math textbooks and used bookstores in the later 70s, will probably recognize the term. New math was a revolutionary change in math education spurred by a reaction to the Soviets beating the U.S. into space. Naturally, the solution to that dilemma was to have a team of academic math professors, led by Ed Begley from Yale, come up with a new curriculum totally divorced from any experience educating young children. What could possibly go wrong? Let's take a look at what new math was. Basically, before this movement, elementary school math consisted of lots and lots of drilling of arithmetic problems. While this wasn't very exciting, it did result in most children getting a solid number sense and becoming very comfortable with doing basic addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division without calculators. The theory behind the new math was that children were unsatisfied with this because they want to understand the real logical foundations of what they're doing. Thus, concepts were introduced like understanding the difference between a number and the written symbols known as numerals, set theory, converting numbers between different bases, modular arithmetic, and similar areas. In the vast majority of cases, the net effect of all the time spent on these advanced concepts at the expense of gaining basic arithmetic competency and number sense was that kids could mimic some advanced mathematical terms but were severely lacking in the ability to do everyday calculations. Tom Lehrer famously made fun of this situation in his song, New Math. So you make a three-eighths regroup, and you change an eight to eight ones, and you add to the two, and you get one two base eight, which is ten base ten, and you take away three, that's seven. Okay? Now, instead of four in the eighth place, you've got three, because you added one, that is to say eight, to the two, but you can't take seven from three, so you look at the sixty-fours. Sixty-four. How did sixty-four get into it? I hear you cry. Well, 64 is 8 squared, don't you see? When you ask a silly question, you get a silly answer. From the 3, you then use 1 to make 8 ones. You add those ones to the 3, and you get 1, 3, base 8. Or in other words, in base 10, you have 11, and you take away 7, and 7 from 11 is 4. Now go back to the 64s. You're left with 2, and you take away 1 from 2, and that leaves... We should point out that some of these ideas had some level of usefulness as illustrations. For example, suppose you want to illustrate that 4 plus 3 equals 3 plus 4. If you have a set of four elements written as a circle around four dots, then add it to a set of three elements, you can easily see the order doesn't matter. Look at how we deal with multi-digit numbers. For example, 123 is equal to 1 times 100, plus 2 times 10, plus 3 times 1. Each place in the number is a new power of the base of your number system, in this case 10. You are probably doing carrying and borrowing when adding and subtracting multi-digit numbers for a long time before you understood that it was this place-based system that allowed you to do this. Maybe learning to represent numbers in other bases would make this clearer. Some studies did show that talented teachers who fully understood these concepts and used them appropriately as part of an arithmetic class could indeed enable kids to better understand basic arithmetic. They would have to be carefully guided to show how, for example, set theory led to the actual operations like addition and subtraction, or how the algorithms for working with multi-digit numbers originated in our base 10 number system. But the vast majority of teachers didn't understand these advanced concepts much better than the kids, and instead turned them into a new set of random stuff to be memorized. 
Rather than concrete and useful numerical operations, students were now engaging in rote repetition of complex ideas that were simply not useful to them at their math level. An online article at Straight Dope illustrates the change in education nicely with an example problem. Traditional math. A logger sells a truckload of lumber for $100. His cost of production is $80. What is his profit? New math. A logger exchanges a set L of lumber for a set M of money. The cardinality of set M is 100, and each element is worth a dollar. Make 100 dots representing the elements of set M. The set C, representing costs of production, contains 20 fewer points than set M. Represent C as a subset of set M. What is the cardinality of the set P of profits? Okay, there's probably a little exaggeration in this example, as I doubt kids were actually asked to draw sets of size 100. But you get the general flavor. After phrasing this kind of basic profit problem in terms of set theory, has anything of value really been added, or has a simple concrete concept been obscured? The death knell of new math was sounded in 1973 when Morris Klein published his famous book, Why Johnny Can't Add. Klein rightfully pointed out that abstraction is not the first stage, but the last stage of mathematical development. People need to understand numbers in a concrete way first, to the point where they have a natural instinct for them, and then maybe it's worth talking about abstractions like set theory and alternate bases. The vast majority of kids are not little Bertrand Russells and Ludwig Wittgensteins demanding a full axiomatic justification of what they're learning. Repeated arithmetic drills may not be glamorous, but they get the job done. I'd like to say that after the new math, teaching in the U.S. returned to an emphasis on sensible, back-to-basic methods that actually work. In some parts of the country, this was true. But in other areas, new math has been followed by various further educational fads, such as calculator mania, radical multiculturalism, discovery math, and new new math. You may recall that back in episode 70, I discussed my frustration that a fast food cashier could not figure out that 2 plus 2 plus 1 is less than 7. And I'm afraid that the current talk in the news about our need to improve math and science education will result in the creation of yet more new fads instead of a return to common sense. But at least I'll never lack for topics to make fun of in this podcast. And this has been your Math Mutation for today.